I know this, there is things happening with the climate in, in the world that is unprecedented. Understatement of the Year Award goes to Senator John McCain. Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Up in Oregon on 91.7 KYAQ, 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. 92.9 WLRI in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui, Hawaii, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1, in Palinville, New York on 102.9 WLPP, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR, in New Orleans on 102.3 WHIV, in Washington, D.C. on 105.5, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe five days a week on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Deprogrammed Radio, Detour Talk, and Radio Sputnik, amongst others, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today for another thrilling, action-packed adventure that we call the Bradcast. We're going to open up the phone lines today. 818-985-5735 is our phone number, 818-985-KPFK. If you would like to ring in, we're going to also uh, try to uh, dry out a little bit after our uh, storm coverage over the past several days, though coming up in a little bit is the Green News Report with Desi Doyen with the latest on... Uh, well, I guess the fallout at this point from Hurricane Irma. Yes, you could call it fallout. I mean, it's it's going to be a long, long road to recovery for pretty much everyone that was in the path of Irma. You know, remember, that was a record hurricane, one of the strongest hurricanes ever recorded in the Atlantic Ocean. And just I as we go to air, yeah, we got yeah. this update. There's uh, an death update, toll update from the Associated Press that officials in Florida have raised the death toll in Florida to 12. That's up from seven, uh, and that brings the total death toll from Hurricane Irma across all of its path to 55. 55 people killed, which is actually, you know, it's it's it, any death is too much, but mm-hmm. it's actually rather surprising considering the destructive force of this hurricane that there yep. were not more deaths. But the reason why I believe is because of preparation in advance, evacuation centers, lessons learned. And some uh, some very lucky uh, moves by this oh, storm yes. at the last second going yes. over Cuba. So more on that uh, in uh, a little bit later in the show on the Green News Report, uh, including the way the White House, uh, there was actually a guy at the White House, the National Security Advisor, who says, yes, we do take climate change seriously, just not what causes it. 
which kind of blows my mind, especially at a time when you have even John McCain. You heard a little bit of that clip there at the top of the show finally saying, yeah, you know what? We could save a lot of money and potentially people's lives uh, if we did stuff like went to solar out here in Arizona where we've got nothing but sunshine. I know. So that's coming up in a bit. But I want to, you know, I'm kind of, uh, like I said, I want to take a break here a little bit from our storm coverage because there's been a whole bunch of stuff going on that uh, has sort of gotten washed away in that coverage that I want to try to catch up on some of the some of it. One of it is one of these stories is just kind of beguiling to me. And this is what I want to open the phones on. And maybe y'all can help me understand this. Maybe I should know better by now. Maybe I should, uh, you know, not ever think that the corporate mainstream media is ever going to figure out these scams, these Republican scams, now these Donald Trump scams. But they seem to fall for it over and over and over again. Now, the the latest thing, Donald Trump is an independent. He's working uh, on a bipartisan basis. Uh, Really? Are you kidding me? AP says President Donald Trump was in the mood to celebrate after cutting a big deal with opposition Democrats. Joshing with Northeastern officials in the cabinet room, Trump hailed New York Democratic Governor Governor, uh, Andrew Cuomo as, quote, my governor, and traded banter with Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer, another fellow New Yorker. uh, Congressman Peter King, Republican of New York, said if you just dropped in from outer space, you wouldn't know that the last eight months... You wouldn't know what the last eight months have been like. Recalling the friendly exchanges between Trump and Schumer during this meeting with New York and New Jersey lawmakers. That would be the same Chuck Schumer who the president has previously slammed as a clown and crying Chuck, notes AP. And now, in some ways, it seems like they were completing each other's sentences, said Congressman King. On display at that chummy scene last week, was the Trump who's emerged in full this past week, Trump the Independent. Seriously, AP, Trump the Independent? Yeah, apparently. A president who spent months catering to the Republican conservative wing now appears unbound by ideology and untethered by party allegiances. Yeah, I guess AP is serious. They mean this. Yeah, you know, I lean heavily on AP sometimes in our coverage because I find them to be, in general, among the most straightforward, just-the-facts-ma'am uh, news services, wire services out there. But this article yesterday was just kind of ridiculous, or at least it seems that way to me. AP goes on, they say it's not a complete surprise to his fellow Republicans. They long have worried that Trump, a former Democrat, might shift with the political winds. Our grassroots are very confused, said Congressman Mark Meadows, Republican of North Carolina, head of the conservative U.S. House Freedom Caucus. Well, those grassroots, they were confused to start with, so there's no news there. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't be your grassroots. They wouldn't have voted for Donald Trump in the first place. But the right has made an industry out of confusing their grassroots. So nothing new there. I mean, that's that's the entire scam. Confuse the, the voters. That's exactly how uh, that's, that's the industry that the, uh, you know, that the Republican Party has created over the past decade or more. So little wonder that they are confused now. 
particularly particularly with the non-right-wing uh, AP, in this case, playing along with this latest scam. But it's not only the AP who's falling for it. And, you know, we have seen these outlets, these corporate uh, media outlets now for, well, I was going to say months, but really the last year or two, pretending that there is some moment that Donald Trump will step forward, he will become presidential, he will pivot and uh, they keep falling for it. About every, I don't know, once every month or two, they keep falling for it. So it's not just the AP, the New York Times. Here's New York Times headline. Quote, bound to no party, Trump upends 150 years of two-party rule. Really? Subtitle, in many ways, Donald J. Trump has demonstrated a level of party independence even formidable figures like Theodore Roosevelt could not. That's Peter Baker in The New York Times. Really? They say, although elected as a Republican last year, Mr. Trump has shown in the nearly eight months in office that he is, in many ways, the first independent, the first independent to hold the presidency since the advent of the current two-party system around the time of the Civil War. Are you kidding me? Independent? So it's not just the AP and the New York Times. The Washington Post also ran a similar narrative. This one by uh, Robert Costa, who's an otherwise excellent reporter. He tweeted a link to uh, to his story with the description on this. Trump isn't a Democrat or a Republican. He's a freewheeling transactional Paul who looks for wins. Really? I know I keep saying that, but I'm just I've been sort of amazed by this over the past a uh, day or two as the uh, media have been falling for this scam, it seems, all over again and all based on pretty much a single deal. Not even a deal, but a single agreement with uh, the Democratic leadership in the House and Senate to uh, uh, extend the debt ceiling and uh, government funding for a few more months. I mean, that's not a deal. That's an accommodation. Our friend uh, constitutional law expert Ian Milheiser over at Think Progress was one of many progressives who have been sort of flabbergasted by this latest Trump pivot narrative from the corporate media. He noted, let's be clear, Donald Trump won the the Republican Party's presidential nomination. He filled his cabinet with doctrinaire Republicans. He's relied heavily on the Federalist Society, a conservative legal group closely aligned with the Republican Party in selecting federal judges. He backed the GOP's years-long goal of repealing the Affordable Care Act. He's a climate denier. His budget slashes safety net programs. Long a top priority of Republican leaders like Speaker Paul Ryan. Is he not a Republican, too? Is Paul Ryan an independent? Really? Trump even uh, gave a major policy speech demanding business tax cuts at the very moment When rescuers were struggling to pull hurricane victims uh, in Texas from their flooded homes. He talked uh, over the weekend, I think it was, about uh, we have to now now that Hurricane Irma is striking, we need to get tax cuts in place even faster. I want to speed them up. Milheiser goes on to say Donald Trump is a Republican, not an independent. The event Uh, That sparked so many hot takes, uh, he says, suggesting that Trump might not be a Republican, was a single deal that he struck with Democratic leaders, which funds hurricane relief and keeps the government open for three months. That, 
apparently, led all of these mainstream corporate media folks who I guess have nothing else to write about to come up with the narrative of the day. Trump, President Trump, independent. Back to the AP article here. Trump's deal with Democrats to raise the U.S. borrowing limit and keep the government running for three months, all in the name of speeding relief to hurricane victims, quickly passed Congress, gave him the opportunity to savor a victory after months of legislative setbacks. He's now talking about possible future deals with Democrats, according to AP, doing away with votes on raising the debt cap, shielding deportation uh, of young immigrants living in the U.S. illegally who were brought here as children. I think that's what the people of the United States want to see, Trump said. They want to see some dialogue. It's unclear how much of Trump's turnabout, turnabout? Is a deliberate strategy to create space for his tax overhaul this fall or simply a dealmaker's gut decision bargained during an Oval Office session that left his fellow Republicans befuddled? Trump has been frustrated by GOP leaders, blames uh, Paul Ryan uh, and the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell for the inability to score any big uh, legislative deals in Congress. He's appeared unconcerned and dismissing their opposition to the uh, debt ceiling deal focusing instead on the fact that the move has delivered him rare kudos with some television commentators. Mike Allen over at Axios described what happened this way. He says a uh, Trump advisor, uh, according to uh, Allen at Axios, a Trump advisor says that after a tumultuous seven months in office, it had finally dawned on the president, quote, people really effing hate me. For someone who has spent his life lapping up adulation, however fake, it was a harsh realization. This is a man with an, an especially acute need for affirmation. This week's bear hug of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer opened Trump's eyes to one solution. Stop doing things that people hate and start striking deals. Well, that sounds like a good idea. But are you buying this? Are, 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 the, are, are Americans buying this, this, this turnaround, this pivot, this flip, uh, this claim that he's going to start making deals with Democrats? Really? Are Democrats buying this? Uh, I'd love your thoughts on this because I am kind of perplexed. I've got, uh, I've got a few more thoughts here on this, but I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. Uh, you buying this? Should Democrats, if they're offered a deal, one, one of these so-called deals with Trump, should they buy into it? <laughs> well, I think it's I, I'm really surprised that you're so, I don't know, uh, critical of the idea that there's a whole trend of one story that he's pivoted. Why don't you buy that? What's wrong with you? <laughs> you're, you're being sarcastic, I, I think, aren't sarcastic. you? I am being sarcastic. There's one instance that happened, one thing that's happened, and suddenly they must, it's almost like Pavlovian, that they must return to this media, that media must return to this pivot idea that suddenly he's going to be the president that they always wanted, the the independent. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. It, I think it is. 818 985 5735 is our phone number if you'd like to uh, jump in and explain to me what the hell is actually going on here. 
Josh Marshall over at Talking Points Memo says uh, about this so-called bipartisan path that the media is claiming Trump is now cleaving to. He says, I'm quite skeptical of this, or at least I'm skeptical that it will lead to any meaningful change over who Trump is as president. But the desire to be loved is a core, core driver of his whole personality. He rails against the failing New York Times. But it's probably true that there's no institution he has ever wanted the praise of more than the prestige paper in his hometown. He adds, so I am quite skeptical of all of this. Well, Josh, I join you in that skepticism. He says there is no bipartisan path in effect now. What I do think there's a chance of is that Democrats could use his desire to be loved and adored, or at least not so wildly hated, to cut deals that drive further wedges between him and his party and thus set them up for more internal chaos and a worse 2018 midterm election. Josh adds that would not be all bad. Uh, In the meantime, TPM reports today that uh, White House aides are uh, refraining from demanding that uh, that a DACA fix be tied to a border wall. So is that encouraging or am I now reading too much into this? See how this is what this administration and, frankly, all of these hurricanes over the past several weeks are apparently doing to my brain. Uh, A top White House official this morning refrained from demanding that any legislative fix for the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA, program be tied to funding for a wall on the U.S. border with Mexico. During a breakfast uh, with reporters held by the Christian Science Monitor, Mark Short, the White House's director of legislative affairs, was asked if President Donald Trump will demand that Congress tie legislative restoration of DACA policies to funding for a border wall, as many people have talked about. He canceled DACA, put 800,000 Undocumented immigrants, children of undocumented immigrants at risk of being deported in six months, but said, hey, Congress needs to pass a law. Maybe I'll sign it. Well, a lot of people thought, "Okay, you'll you'll sign it. But uh, only if it includes something like funding for his border wall. Mark Short uh, replied to this question uh, to reporters today to say we are most interested in getting border security. And the president has made a commitment to the American people that he wants. He believes that a physical barrier is important to that equation of border security. Whether or not that is part of a DACA equation or whether or not that's another legislative vehicle, I don't want us to bind ourselves into a construct that makes reaching a conclusion on DACA impossible. So... He seems to be suggesting that, yeah, uh, we would sign a DACA bill, a standalone DACA bill. DACA repeal, I guess, at this point. Uh, No, I guess uh, Trump repealed DACA, so this would be uh, uh, allowing the, uh, the dreamers to stay. Back to AP again here for a moment. I know a lot of you folks are calling 818-985-5735. Get to you in just a moment here. Um, Back to AP again. Trump's startling agreement on the debt deal left Republicans wondering how far he's willing to stray from party orthodoxy in pursuit of a deal. From the start of his presidency, Trump has repeatedly labeled Democrats as obstructionists and few expect his budding alliance with Schumer and Pelosi to be long lived. Trump is loathed by the Democratic base, many of whom talk more openly about impeachment than cooperation. Really? I think I've counted about three Democrats total who are talking about impeachment openly. But I don't know. Maybe that's more than uh, 
the number who are talking about cooperating with Trump. Still, uh, should Democrats make these deals with Trump if he's willing to make them uh, make such deals with them? In the case of the debt ceiling uh, and extending government funding until the end of the year, uh, Trump appears to have demanded nothing in return. For their part, Democrats got what they asked for, but it wasn't much more than an accommodation, really, to just put things off for a few months. Republicans, you know, pretended to be mad about this, but uh, then they swiftly wrote the legislation and they passed it and, frankly, relieved some of the pressure that they that the Republicans had on themselves to get some of these must-pass bills, must-pass-by-the-end-of-September bills through the House and the Senate. So that was kind of an easy one, it seems to me. But should Democrats work with this president at all going forward in making deals? Can or should Donald Trump be trusted? Should they help him uh, essentially come back from his dismal approval ratings in advance of the 2018 and 2020 elections if it means that they get something done for the American people? Or should Democrats simply do what Republicans did and uh, be obstructionists on everything, even stuff that they would otherwise support, as the Republicans did for eight years of Obama? It certainly seems to have worked out nicely for Republicans, at least until they actually got control of everything. And we're we are all reminded again that they have no clue how to actually govern. But other than that, it's worked well as far as getting their hands on the levers of power in the House, in the Senate, in the White House, all across uh, state legislatures. Anyway, I'd love your thoughts on this. Should Trump be trusted here as long as he's willing to go along with Democrats? Or are they getting sucked into a trap? Should they, you know, just leave Trump dangling or should they try to get whatever governing they can get done uh, with this guy? And uh, what what is the media thinking by jumping in and saying, oh, Donald Trump, independent, bipartisan, after, you know, one relatively minor nothing of a deal. What's Trump's game here? Does he even have one? Let's get some uh, calls here. Let me go to uh, Michael in Long Beach. Hey, Michael, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, well, let's see. Where do I start? <laughs> um, the glaciers are moving faster than the Democratic Party. Unfortunately, they're both going in the wrong direction. Uh, the Democratic Party, uh, they lost. Trump didn't win. They lost because they ran Herbert Hoover when people wanted Bernie Sanders. So, I mean, I, this whole mess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we know people who, they talked about how they voted strategically in the primaries. They wanted, they voted for Trump in the primaries. They wanted him as the candidate to run against and now it's uh, all they can say is the Russians, the Russians, the Russians. Yeah, but Bernie and blame Jill Stein, and instead of taking any kind of responsibility. Okay, well that's that, fair, fair enough, Michael. But what should they do now? Should they work with this guy? Uh, if he gives us universal yeah. health care, yes. Well, I don't know that he's going to give us universal health care. Bernie Sanders is supposed to drop a bill on that, I think, tomorrow. Uh, now it has uh, support of folks like uh, Kamala Harris out here in California, Jeff Merkley up in Oregon. 
his uh, single-payer Medicare for All bill. Even Max Baucus, by the way. I, did you hear about that, Michael? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Baucus yeah. in Montana, former uh, U.S. senator who was perhaps m- most single-handedly responsible for keeping the Affordable Care Act from being far more progressive than it would have otherwise been. Even Max Baucus, now that he's no longer a senator, says, uh, yeah, I think we ought to take a look at single-payer. Well, the the California Democratic Party, as well as the National Party, seems to be quite willing to support uh, single payer as long as there's somebody to veto it. Uh, well, as long as there's uh, someone who might actually so. pass it, then then they're uh, all of a sudden they can't do it. They have to send it to committee. All right, maybe so. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate your thoughts on this. Uh, okay. Thank you. Let me get to uh, Lonnie in uh, in Fullerton. Hey, Lonnie, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. So what? Um, uh, I just wanted to share a, kind of a personal experience about your question about right. uh, can we trust Trump at this point? Yeah. I recently went to the uh, Richard Nixon uh, Library mm-hmm. in Yorba Linda. Yeah. And uh, really, my my goal for going there was I want to know like which one was more competent. You know, just from from the overview that you get at the library, mm-hmm. him or Trump, who was more competent and more corrupt. And honestly, I came out of there. With all of my preconceived notions and a lot of the information I had about Nixon, thinking that he he was much more competent and much less corrupt than Trump, and but I still was in favor of impeachment. So in, in favor of impeachment for like, Trump or Nixon? For, for Nixon. For yeah. Nixon. Right. For Nixon. And he's way, and in my in my opinion, he was way less corrupt and more competent. So you yep. know his you know Trump's decision to, or I don't even know if it is a decision. It does kind of feel like more the media is you know, manipulating the narrative towards some people thinking that he's going to be bipartisan. But I feel like honest people, anyone who's truly look at the scholarship, you know, all the millions of examples we've looked, you know, I feel like anybody who's actually looked at the other scholarship is going to be confident that he isn't bipartisan. Impeachment, to me, was appropriate for Nixon, and it's even more appropriate now. I uh, I completely agree with you, Lonnie. There is no compare. And I've been to that uh, uh, the Nixon Library. It's great in your Belinda. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, what Nixon did compared to what Donald Trump has already done uh, to say that, uh, you know, that there's any comparison between the two as far as corruption and certainly as far as competency. Uh, there is no comparison at all. And uh, I appreciate that call, Lonnie. Thanks. Uh, 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. Uh, got a bunch of other stuff that I want to get uh, caught up on if possible today. Uh, but I want to also get to your calls and on, on as much of this as possible. I've got some, some actually some good news on voting. How often do you hear good news on voting on this program, on the Bradcast? You can also tweet me if you like, by the way. I am the Brad Blog on the Twitters. Try to keep my eyes on that as well. 818-985-5735. Let's go to, uh, where are we here? Uh, uh, Gigi, there we go. Uh, Gigi in Pasadena. Hey, Gigi, welcome to the Bradcast. Hi, Brad. As usual, um, you're doing a, you are doing a tremendous job, and I and Desi is awesome. She's all right. She's okay. Desi is awesome, Brad. Anyway, darling, listen, <laughs> I agree with caller number one, Michael, so I, that's, I'm glad he called and said all of that so that I don't have to go over it. Those of us that have been around, I'm an old fart. I will be 70 if I'm blessed to live to December. Right. And um, it's been the same kabuki dance, and he's right about that. 
the Democrats are now going to raise up a little bit and go, okay, Nancy and is it Schumer? Yeah, Schumer. Oh, yeah, you know, they really did this good thing. Here's the thing. That's the, we've seen that all of our lives, those of us that are, you know, of a certain age. And they all still live their wonderful uh, uh, way upper middle class to wealthy lives. You know, they all keep their millions and so forth and so on. And after a while, I hate to sound jaded, but it just does sound like it's just this kabuki dance that's going on. Now, last but least, and then I'll jump off. Yep. Um, I want, I, 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 when people say, and it makes my head explode, he just wants to have something to show that he got done other than electing, you know, Gorsuch for the uh, Supreme Court. But I want to show, I want everyone on shows, I want to hear people say, Trump's agenda is working very well. Jeff Sessions is rolling, they are rolling back the things right under our noses. Yeah. They're over here now saying, guess what happened two days ago? Trump had a, a did I say Trump? Oh, fraud and slip. Trump had a, a kumbaya moment with the Democrats. And we're all, you know what? When I heard it was like, eh, Okay, here goes the kabuki dance again. Where where our attention should totally be is on all of the laws that they're dismantling, rolling back time. And I think if they could get it back to pre-slavery or slavery times, I think they're going for that. But we need to be aware. We 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 don't the kabuki dance. Even when I talk to my millennial granddaughter, she's starting to get like you know, and she was a staunch Democrat. Uh, uh, promoted Hillary work for the campaign, she's starting to see it. We need to get beyond this little bubble of Democrats and Republicans. And I'm going to take my answer off the air. Love you guys. Totally. Love Desi. Love Desi. She, yeah, she's all right. Uh, thank you, Gigi. I, I appreciate that. And uh, listen, here's... Here's why this bothers. If this was just politics, politics as usual, the usual, you know, you referred to a Gigi as the kabuki uh, theater in Washington. If that's what it was, it wouldn't bother me. What bothers me, or at least it wouldn't surprise me. And as I said, maybe I shouldn't even be surprised by this part either. But I am more worried about the fact that the mainstream corporate media falls for this stuff over and over and over again. We expect the politicians to fail. We expect the politicians to be corrupt. We expect the, the you know, the, the Democrats, frankly, to fall for anything. We count on the fourth estate. We count on the corporate media to, uh, or the media, I guess we don't count on the corporate media. We count on the media to hold their feet to the fire, to not fall so easily over and over and over again for this same nonsense. And yet they do. Every time. And not just one, a columnist here, a columnist there. You know, I you know, gave you stuff from AP, from New York Times, from Washington Post, all the biggies that are then picked up by everyone else. And this narrative, whether it's true or not, becomes reality. And, um, you know, the corporate media shapes our reality and, frankly, shapes Reality then for the Democrats, for the politicians themselves. You heard uh, that AP uh, noticed that, uh, oh, Demo- uh, Donald Trump was uh, happy about all the press that he was getting. So now he's going to do more of that. Well, OK, maybe that's good. Um, but we'll see. I don't trust them. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back with more of your calls. 818-985-5735. 
Uh, some good news on voting, some disturbing news on voting, uh, a huge mass murder that no one is talking about. Maybe I will get to some of those stories and more and your calls at 818-985-5735 after this break. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. We are live at the gates of hell at the uh, lovely KPFK Pacifica Radio Studios in uh, North Hollywood, California. This is the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. The, uh, talking about the, the bipartisan Donald Trump. Uh, the Supreme Court, uh, Justice Kennedy, has allowed uh, the Trump administration to continue its ban on most refugees to this country. Other than that, including war refugees trying to uh, get out of uh, out of Syria, out of civil war and elsewhere. Other than that, yes, Donald Trump, totally independent, bipartisan. CNN media analyst uh, Brian Stelter today tweeted out a quote from Hillary Clinton's new book out this week saying uh, political journalists, quote, can't bear to face their own role in helping elect Trump. From providing him free airtime to giving my emails three times more coverage than all of the issues affecting people's lives combined. That's from Hillary Clinton's uh, new book out today called What Happened. On that point, uh, hard to disagree with her. That uh, same media last week was proclaiming that Donald Trump uh, is now the independent president since he struck a deal with Dems to extend the debt ceiling and fund the government for three more months. That makes him uh, now independent, even as he's pushing to uh, bar refugees, massive tax cuts amid the two worst back-to-back natural disasters in our nation's history, still, a, you know, a, appealing uh, his ban on uh, his, his travel ban to the Supreme Court, banning transgender in the military, threatening to deport some 800,000 young immigrants who have lived here for most of their natural lives, but now he's independent. I mean, is there anything that these people won't fall for? Desi, you pointed out over the break there, this is not, uh, There may, maybe there's a lesson from history we <laughs> can take here. Yeah, there's kind of a precedent, and, uh, and this is from a story in Slate by Matt Gessam. It's titled, You Know Who Else Was Always Impressing Journalists With His Newfound Maturity and Pride? Pragmatism? Who's that? Adolf Hitler. What? Washington Post, February 1st, 1939. This oh, is about four mo- uh, six months before he invaded Poland. Washington Post, February 1st, 1939. Quote, there was a lot of the traditional Hitler in his address. There was all of the bigotry, the stridency, the fanaticism, distortion, and ignorance, which are inseparable from the man. 
But there was also a new Hitler, speaking defensively and not offensively, who for the first time sought the understanding of the democratic powers. The speech is extraordinary in its frankness, and it may prove of the greatest importance in its results. Qualified optimism is obviously justified as a result of Hitler's latest speech. Yes. Sounds... Washington Post, February 1st, 1939. So not only have they not learned over the past year or two with this guy, they <laughs> have not learned over the past 70 years at the Washington Post, apparently. 818-985-5735 is our phone number if you have uh, any thoughts on all of this. They fall for it over and over again. Art in Thousand Oaks, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, thank you, Brad. Sure. Uh, yeah, Trump is not a Republican. He is not a Democrat. The last thing that he is is independent or bipartisan. He's a narcissist. And all he's interested in, he's non-ideological, is what's best for him. So uh, if you reread Bob Costa's uh, line, I think you'll see that he's not leaning like the rest of the media. But uh, Trump just wants whatever's best for him. He used the Republican Party, and they tried to use him. And when they let him down on health care, he kind of said, all right, let's see where I can get a win. So I don't think he's interested in any party. He's just interested in what he can do. Uh, well, I think he's uh, I, OK. I hear you. I think he's interested in the Republican Party. I think he's been inculcated with Fox News for the past, uh, I don't know how many decades in his brain, which means he thinks like a Republican, period. Well, but, no question. There's, he, yeah. use, he loves that. He gets that. But I think the minute he, uh, they, uh, you know, they let him down, it's not good for him. He'll turn on them just like he turns on everybody. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, I mean, he did even have to squabble with Megyn Kelly. I wouldn't believe, you know, where, I, where I'm going to, I'll leave you on this, where I think it could be kind of fun from a Democrat standpoint is if he really does continue going to bed with the Democrats just for his own sake, I love to see it what the Republicans do with all the congressional hearings with Russia if they don't stop trying to be obstructionist there. That might be a little fun. <laughs> Thanks for that call, Art. I'm, right, so, I'm sort of stuck on uh, the idea of Trump going to bed with Democrats. 818-985-5735. Back to your calls in a moment here. Uh, I got uh, actually a bunch of voting stories. I'm, I want to try to get in at least one because this is actually some good news, largely. Virginia's Board of Elections has voted unanimously to decertify all of the state's touchscreen voting machines, which are considered by cybersecurity experts to be vulnerable to manipulations by hackers. Oh, you don't say. This is uh, reading from Gizmodo here. Uh, and by the way, it's uh, just like they are incredibly vulnerable to hackers, just like the non-touchscreen voting systems that use paper ballots with computer tabulators. Those are also vulnerable to hackers, but I digress. And by the way, just like the touchscreen machines, uh, the touchscreen systems that we will soon be getting here in Los Angeles, our all new, brand new voting system here in Los Angeles, going to be a touchscreen system here in the nation's largest voting jurisdiction. But I'm still digressing. Uh, Gizmodo says the uh, the race is now on to replace those machines in Virginia. They are used in 22 counties. The race to uh, replace them before the state's elections in November of this year. Industry experts and the state's election department have recommended that the touchscreen machines be replaced with ones that rec record votes on paper instead of electronically so the votes can be audited and verified. Well, experts have been recommending that 
For at least a decade, I know I have been recommending it, expert or otherwise, for about 15 years now. So Virginia is uh, finally uh, figuring at least part of this out. Commissioner, uh, Election Commissioner Ed, Ed, Eduardo uh, Cortez wrote in a letter to the Board of Elections uh, rec- recommending this change. He said the Department of Elections believes that the risks pre- presented by using this equipment in the November general election this year, just months from now, are sufficiently significant to warrant immediate decertification to ensure the continued integrity of Virginia's elections. Cortez cited the work of the hackers at DEF CON in Las Vegas. Way to go, hackers in Las Vegas. That's the annual hacking uh, conference uh, that was held uh, about a month or so ago now, and uh, they were able to hack every single voting machine that was put in front of them. These security researchers were over just that weekend. Uh, they were invited to hack these particular machines, and they discovered security flaws, as Gizmodo says, in several models of touchscreens. All of them, in fact, all of them. And that prompted the uh, apparently that prompted the Department of Elections to commission a security review of its touchscreen voting machines. Uh, according to Cortez, where the hell have they been for the last fifteen years? Where the hell have they been? Uh, when we had to uh, smuggle out, essentially, uh, a touchscreen voting system from a former, uh, uh, from a, a Diebold employee to have tested at uh, Princeton. That was what back in 2009, I think it was. It's taken all of these years for Virginia to finally figure this out. It took this public display in, uh, in, in Las Vegas. OK, if that's what it takes. I guess that's what it takes. Uh, Fine by me. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Barbara Simons, the president of election uh, security nonprofit Verified Voting, has been a guest on the show many times, said the move to decertify all of the paperless voting machines in Virginia is a critical step towards securing its elections and acknowledging that post-2016, we're living in a brave new world where election interference from hostile foreign attackers is no longer theoretical. We all need to step up our game to secure our elections, restore faith, uh, voter faith, that their votes will be counted as cast. Well, my friend Barbara, I'm going to disagree with her there. We don't run elections on faith. We run it on oversight, public oversight. We hope to restore confidence, not uh, faith in our electoral system. And the only way to get confidence is if the public is able to oversee their own elections and their own election results. Touchscreen machines continue 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen machines continue to be used in states like New Jersey, Georgia, Pennsylvania. But at least for now, they will be gone, apparently, from Virginia. Let's go to uh, some more calls here. Eve in Pasadena. Hey, Eve, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, I'm calling to say, you know, for people that say don't, you know, uh, don't put no select a party, no party preference kind of thing. That kind of takes away what people really stand for. And if you don't know what someone stands for, and not only selecting a party, but look at their history as they say what they're for. So you understand who you're actually voting for. But to put no party preference, I would never vote for someone that doesn't have a no party preference because it doesn't tell me what they stand for. And the other thing is everybody call Alex Padilla on the voting Mm. issue. That Brad is bringing out. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Eve. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, Alex Padilla, the uh, California Secretary of State, who is 
approving, who has been pushing for these uh, unverifiable touchscreen voting systems that are coming here to Los Angeles. Um, and he's also uh, pushing to take, uh, we talked about, was it last week? Last week on this, uh, on this show, he's also the Secretary of State, a Democrat, is also to push, pushing to take some uh, 4 million ballots out of the uh, pool of ballots that would otherwise be uh, uh, fall under the 1% post-election spot check that we have here in, uh, in California. It's going to take all of the uh, late vote-by-mail ballots that come in, the provisional ballots. Those won't have to be audited at all. So if you're looking for an easy way to defraud elections in California, just go to uh, just late vote-by-mail ballots uh, or provisionals, and you will get away with it. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's go to Mike in Leanna Valley. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast. How are you? I'm okay. You? I'm doing okay. All right. What's up? I, I, I just think that uh, we ought to keep uh, the current president in office to see, you know, what a buffoon he is. I mean, I don't, I don't see why. I mean, the example needs to be led to people that don't vote the way yeah. that I view this. And you need to see what a buffoon this guy really is and, what, and how we need to participate in our democracy. And if that's, this buffoon, if this buffoon uh, starts a war with North Korea... Uh, with nuclear weapons there and uh, untold number of dead. Yeah. Is that is that the buffoon we should keep in office, Mike? Oh, God. See? Well, Just... Congress can 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 uh, stall all that, can't they? they, they nope. I mean, Congress has to to uh, declare war, right? Nope. Th- th- I mean, constitutionally, yes, but we forgot about that long ago. Remember Donald Trump launched uh, uh, yeah. missiles at uh, Syria? And no, yeah. con- not only did Congress not declare war, Congress lauded him for it. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Well, I, I, okay. I, is it, you see my point here. Uh, thanks for that call. I do appreciate it. 818-985-5735. Let's go to uh, John in downtown Los Angeles. Hey, John, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, I'm going to make this very quick. When we started doing the electronic voting machines regiment, it never dawned on anybody to put those things on a separate network, such as our military construct or our banking construct, where it is, it is on its own private DNS and non-routable. I mean, the thought that that hasn't occurred to them, and I know I'm not the sharpest sword in the in the arsenal, but I still can cut. Well, well, I, I, well, it's actually not quite that simple because no, uh, sure it is. I, I, no sir, I program uh-huh. computers. All right. And I'm telling you, yeah, that simple. You put that thing on its own DNS, non-routable. Since it's a non-routable, it cannot. That means there's no way to touch it from the outside. All right, let me help you out here for a second, John. Let me respond. So let's say we put you in charge. You uh, put this system uh, in place that uses a separate, uh, essentially a private network that is not reachable from the Internet, right? And you're going to be in charge of this. You're going to program this. What keeps you from gaming that system, John? What, What keeps me from gaming it 
the fact that I would be neither here nor there, meaning I'm not affiliated with any party of any kind. How do I know I'm that, John? You, you, you kind of sound like a Democrat to me. I'm not sure if I no, should trust you. I'm, please. I, uh, well, I don't hate the Democrats. Okay. I like them. Okay, but you get my point, John. There are going to be people that there should be nobody in, you know, running these systems with access to these systems who can game them in a way that we, the people, cannot oversee them. That's the problem. And, John, you actually you sound like a very nice person. I don't mean to say you would steal an election, but that's the problem. You know, no matter what party you are or aren't with, there is going to be somebody who does not trust you, and they shouldn't trust you. Our and elections are not right. built on trust. Therefore, yeah. who's going to oversee me? The military should. And we're it, so we so now we're going to trust the military, John? No, but look, but in actuality, if you look at it, that is. Is, is, is it not a part of our constitutional vote, right? Not that so the military oversees our votes. Okay, no. but we should have a separate branch, a separate branch called a registrar branch. And, and who appoints those people, John? This is my point. If everyone in the public can oversee our elections and our results and the counting of these paper ballots that are hand-marked so we know that they reflect the, the intent of the voter, then we can restore confidence in our elections because everyone in the public can oversee our elections. John, you're great. Thank you for this call. i got to get out to a break, though. So uh, right. just ponder that a bit. Really appreciate you calling in, though. Hope you'll do it again in the future. Uh, all right. got to get to a break here because uh, we got to get to Green News. I know there's more of you who want to get in on all of this. I'm going to try to get to as many of you as I can. But a quick break, and we're back with the Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. All right, gonna jump. No, no, no chit chat, Desi Doyen. <laughs> Got to get right late. to it. Running late. Uh, try to get to some of your calls after this. Uh, Brad Friedman, welcome back to the broadcast. But now it's our latest green news report. Lots of crews are headed into Florida to try to restore some power. Recovery efforts continue after Irma grinds a trail of destruction across Florida and into Georgia. Adding pollution to misery, sewage systems overflow, and EPA waives pollution rules. We can take 
common sense measures which will not harm the American people. Hurricanes Irma and Harvey may open a rift in the Republican Party's denial of climate change. Doubt it. Plus, I do believe it's a bad decision. Once we reject that, thank you. (laughs) Miss North Dakota slams Trump's withdrawal from the Paris Climate Agreement, wins Miss America contest. All of those wins and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. We continue to take seriously uh, the climate change, not the cause of it. Well done, White House National Security Advisor Tom Bossert. Take climate change seriously, but not the cause. So much winning. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, another Green News Report. Another massive hurricane. <laughs> yes, they keep on coming. A powerful Hurricane Irma left a swath of damage and destruction, devastating the Florida Keys and causing widespread flooding across the entire state. U.S. naval carriers have been deployed to help with recovery efforts in the Florida Keys. Irma has now been downgraded to a tropical depression, but also has spawned tornadoes and widespread heavy flooding in neighboring states, particularly Georgia, South Carolina, and Alabama. More than 12 million people across several states had their power knocked out, mostly in Florida. A Florida Power and Light official said on Monday that the entire electric grid along the western coast of Florida will require, quote, a wholesale rebuild. Mm meaning power could be out for days or weeks. Mm. The Environmental Protection Agency and state environmental regulators issued a blanket waiver on Monday for Florida electricity companies to violate clean air and water standards without penalty for the next two weeks. That means allowing utilities to use dirtier fuels and bypass pollution controls and also allowing coal-fired power plants to discharge more toxic wastewater than they are usually permitted. Fantastic. That's what they did in uh, Houston as well after Hurricane Harvey. Yep. It's like the Trump administration can't wait to waive pollution rules. Irma also flooded out sewage systems across Florida, swamping septic tanks widely used by homeowners, meaning Irma's receding floodwaters are leaving behind a poop flood, literally a residue of raw human sewage. Not to mention that the EPA has not yet even examined the 90 toxic Superfund sites across Florida. After Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma, there's a third major storm, Hurricane Jose. It made a near miss of Caribbean islands that were destroyed by Irma and is now spinning in the open Atlantic as a Category 2 storm. And forecasters say Jose could potentially head to the U.S. East Coast next week. Well, then let's just start waiving the pollution rules in New York and New Jersey right now. Officials are only now beginning to assess the extent and scale of the damage from two record-breaking back-to-back hurricanes hitting the U.S. within two weeks. A preliminary assessment from AccuWeather projected that combined economic losses from Harvey and Irma could amount to more than $290 billion. People are now asking if politicians in the U.S. will act on climate change and prepare the U.S. for the increasing impacts. But Trump administration officials taking a page out of the NRA's playbook continue to try to change the subject, saying now is not the right time to discuss climate change. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt it called mentioning climate change, quote, insensitive to the people of Florida. At a White House press briefing on Monday, Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert flat out rejected it. We continue to take seriously uh, the climate change, 
not the cause of it, but the things that we observe. And so there's a rising floodwaters, I think one inch every 10 years in Tampa, things that would require prudent mitigation measures. So they take climate change seriously, but they don't actually care what causes climate change and what could make climate change much worse in the future. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, try to wrap your brain around that. Good luck. But Miami's Republican mayor, Tomas Regalado, on Sunday told the Miami Herald, quote, if this isn't climate change, I don't know what is. This is truly a poster child for what is to come. And here's Republican Senator John McCain on CNN. We can take common sense measures which will not harm the American people and our economy. In fact, solar and other technologies make it cheaper for energy for many of the American people, including a state like mine where we have lots of sunshine. Hey, he finally noticed. Pope Francis also had harsh words for climate science deniers in a press interview on Monday saying, quote, we have a moral responsibility. History will judge our decision. And even the newly crowned Miss America, North Dakota's Cara Mund, criticized the Trump administration's withdrawal from the International Paris Climate Accord, calling it a bad decision. There is evidence that climate change is existing. So whether you believe it or not, we need to be at that table. And I think it's just a bad decision on behalf of the United States. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. President Trump's not going to be happy about that. For more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us worldwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Thank you, Desi Doya. Let me see if I can get in very, very quickly uh, another call or two uh, before we go. It's going to have to be short. Jack, you got about 30 seconds in Santa Barbara. Welcome to the broadcast. Thanks, Brad. Love your show. Thank hey, you. I'm a computer guy. Yeah. And I can tell you that any type of computer-controlled uh, voting system is open to uh, fraud yep. because you can hide, hide what you're doing behind the scenes very easily. Um, also on voting, I, I think that it should be one vote, one social security number. Uh, then they don't uh, disallow votes because of multiple uh, combinations of names. Uh, everybody has a social security number. I like that. I also am um, not interested in uh, impeachment. We saw what happened with Nixon. He got pardoned. The same thing that's going to happen here. I think it's completely waste the time. I think we should go for uh, the evidence behind uh, Russia's involvement, criminal indictments, and his resignation, and then... What I really want to get out today is I'm not interested in the vice president taking over. If it's a fraudulent election, we deserve a new vote. Thanks. No primary. Jack, I got to go. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate appreciate the call. Uh, My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to our soundboard operator, G. Love you, G. Uh, we will. It's so much we didn't get to. Uh, Trump's Voter Suppression Commission met today. That'll be on tomorrow's broadcast, I hope. Hope you will tune in. Until then, thanks to all the callers and all of the listeners. If you missed any portion of today's show, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us worldwide, if you don't mind, on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog. Finally, my email address, bradcast at bradblog.com, if you'd like to touch base. All right, that's it. Until we meet again, which will be tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Bye.